We have the ability to define success. It's all about their vision and then making sure you align their vision with their work ethic. I wanted to be the hero, man. I wanted to save kids. That was my job. That's what I was going to do. This is SB Live's The Prep Slap with TJ Cotterell, the podcast where you will hear authentic conversations about how things get done in high school athletics. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit scorebooklive.com slash Washington to access all the Prep Slab podcasts, as well as statewide high school sports news, features, photos, highlights, and more. In a typical high school season, there are already great challenges for coaches and athletic directors to help ensure they are providing equitable opportunities for students to participate no matter the background or family income. Those stories are what we are discussing in today's Prep Slab and how some high school programs around the state have grappled with creating equitable opportunities for athletes, even amid the pandemic. To discuss this, we have four great guests, including John Kazir, who is the athletic director at the largest high school in the state at Chiwana High School in Pasco. We also have Wendy Malich, who is the athletic director of the Franklin Pierce School District, and she's also a member of the WIAA's executive board. Justin Callender is the third-year football coach at Kent Meridian High School, which has historically been the most diverse school in the state. And Jason Townsend is the boys basketball coach and alum of Mount Tahoma High School in Tacoma, which is also an incredibly diverse school. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yep, glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Well, I think maybe we can start off with this uh, for each of you. How have your programs and your schools adjusted and adapted to the pandemic restrictions over the past year? And how much have you feasibly been able to do with student-athletes physically and or virtually during this time? I think maybe a good person to start with this off with would be John, because you can provide a, a step-back look at what this has looked like throughout your school's athletic programs. I'd like to say that we adjusted and adapted well, but I, I think a, a lot of us as athletic directors feel like our hands were tied. I know, you know, Coach, Coach Townsend and Coach Callender could probably verify that, it, boy, with with all the rules and regulations around COVID, it's been tough to have the kind of access that we need as educators to really impact kids. And that's the, you know, been a real hard deal for us. I can say specifically at Chiawana, back in, when this really kicked off back in March, we tried to do some things uh, to celebrate our seniors. Because one of the things we really missed uh, was being able to send those seniors off to college and to the workforce and celebrate their athletic achievements and end of the year stuff and graduation like we've known it you know just our, our award ceremonies and those kind of things and a spring season obviously that was a huge deal for a lot of our se- seniors and so we really focused on doing some things virtually with them to celebrate their accomplishments and, and through Twitter and Facebook and those kinds of things. And then we move through the summer and, and we have that downtime. And then how do you how do you connect with your kids in the fall and through the winter? And, and it's been a real, real tough situation trying to, I mean, from failure rates, uh, kids struggling in the classroom, uh, I mean, it's a real issue. I, I'm sure it's a real issue, at, you know, in each of our districts that are represented here, right? But I can only speak to ours. And we, our failure rates, we've had to work really hard to get kids engaged enough to show up for Zoom meetings and and uh, to keep their grade point averages at a place where where they would be ready when the time came to to 
be a part of a, a team that they would have the grades to be able to participate and and the motivation simply was not there one they didn't have a connecting adult that could that could steer them down the the path a coach that would say what are you doing in the classroom uh two a lot of our kids in our districts um our diverse districts a lot of our kids come to school so they can play football so they can play volleyball so they can play basketball so they can wear the uniform a lot of our kids that's that's why they're doing it. And when we take that away, sometimes we take away the motivation to show up to the classroom every day, especially when all we're talking to is a camera and, and not a person that can put their arm around us, shake our hand, fist bump, whatever the case might be, right? So uh, that's been a challenge. Well, then let's go to, to Jason and Justin, because you guys had to deal with this on a, an immediate basis of, you know, what do you do with kids and how do you keep them motivated to do conditioning stuff, whatever conditioning stuff you can do or at-home conditioning stuff? What are some things that you guys... Uh, did in your programs um, to adjust to what you were able to do. Coach Townsend, you want to start? Sure. Um, so first, the first thing we had to do was get approval from the district in a platform where we could do things over the phone or things like that, right? And we had to actually take classes and trainings on different aspects of using social media with with the kids. After going through all of those trainings and, you know, getting with our athletic directors and um, and putting the process together, uh, we we ended up doing the Microsoft Teams um, uh, app for our school um, through the school as well, uh, or the district, sorry. And for my program, um, I was allowed to start um, what we call flight school, right? Um, total voluntarily, everything was just, you know, if you can make it, great, um, but it had no bearing on you making the team when we start up again. That was the main focus. What we do in flight school, you know, we usually do before practice uh, biometrics, uh, work on jumping, athletic athletic uh, ability and things like that. Um, so trying to do that at home with these kids in, in their room, in the, in the basement or in the garage. But it was real difficult because a lot of our kids live in apartments, you know, middle floor, top floor, whatever. We're doing jumping, this and that. You know, you're you're actually disturbing some of the the folks under uh, you, right? And and that was actually a legit problem with some of the guys that I have. It's like, hey, coach, I can't do flight school. It's raining outside. There's no covering, but I can't go inside and do it because it's 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 causing issues for <laughs> the folks uh, downstairs. So I mean, just that in itself, I never thought that that would actually be a problem, right? So dealing dealing with those different types of things, dealing with the pandemic, trying to put something together where I can see my kids where I, where they can see me and just, and try to motivate them. It was, it was just, it was tough um, to try to get all that uh, together. And with, with kids not, not quote unquote, having to be there, you know, some days I'd have 25 kids or some days I'd have three, you know, so it was just no consistency. And it was real challenging for me myself because, you know, I, I live in the gym. It was just burning a hole in me. And my wife would tell you the same thing. Like, man, you need to get out, Jason. You need to, you need to get in the gym, you know, and gradually it got better as, as we started dealing with the pandemic and, and people starting to feel more comfortable doing different things and trying new things. And, um, you know, just, just getting that, that buy-in like, yeah, we don't know if the season's going to start, but yeah, that ain't got nothing to do with, you know, being on the Zoom meeting and being a part of the uh, seeing your teammates and and working out together, even though we're not physically in the same room together. It's still, you know, I push the bonding. I push the, you know, the camaraderie, you know, that aspect through the Zoom, through the Zoom team stuff. Um, some buy into it, some don't, you know, it's just 
depending on on the person, I guess. So that was kind of what my experience was in the beginning of that. No, and I, I phrase this to Justin too, because I think that's the biggest issue we've seen a lot. Is we've seen, we hear the stories of the kids who can stay active and have the means to do so, but Jason just mentioned uh, so many kids who don't have those means. Um, how many of those similar issues have you dealt with and how have you handled trying to make as much as you can do equitable and get have opportunities for all kids, no matter if they're in that middle apartment or, you know, in a high rise complex somewhere else? Um, you know, I think probably one of the biggest things, and, and this is by chance, uh, when I was, I was out at Tahoma with Tony Davis for a year and they used a, a program called Volt. And it's like a, it's an app on your phone and it, I, they got it from the University of Washington and it's a workout program. And so, you know, we, we had we had just started like last November with using it. And, you know, we were implemented it with our kids for, you know, football weightlifting in the off season. You know, we had it for the for the year. And so they made a platform that really helped out was once the pandemic hit, they realized that kids aren't going to the weight rooms because they were closed. And so they they actually put on their body weight workouts. So, you know, our kids were doing body weight workouts at home, similar to Jason. You know, our kids live in apartments, too. Um, uh, they were going and the kids were meeting, you know, and, and this obviously, you know, I was like, Hey, you guys gotta be careful. We don't want anybody to get COVID, you know, we're, we're very, you know, the Kent school district made it very, very clear one that I can't be there, you know, as a coach, no coaches were allowed to be anywhere, uh, which is hard. Cause I literally live less than a mile from Kent Meridian. Um, you know, I live right there. Uh, I'm in the community, you know, my son plays for the, for a rival high school. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, between his school and my school at Kent Ridge. And so we're running around, but, you know, our kids were organizing workouts through, you know, while using the Volt app, uh, they were on Zoom and or Teams doing stuff together. Um, they were doing challenges. We try to make it fun. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I, I'm, I'm a competitor and I try to make, you know, stuff that we do together competitive and and fun and, and we were putting up information and you know we're recording stuff and one thing that's nice about the app is you know it, it puts them through all these different levels of workouts and so I was you know I could download all the information and use that uh, as feedback to them like hey you know I've, I've noticed you're you know you got up to like 63 push-ups man that's awesome are you doing them right you know I mean you know like I mean I could do 100 push-ups but they're not right you know so it's just you know trying to hold the kids accountable that way and uh you know you know the personalities of the kids and uh the, the hardest part was and which i thought would be the easy part is is bringing in the the incoming freshmen so once we started in the fall um i up until this year i've been teaching at the middle school that feeds km and uh so i've had those kids for two years seventh and eighth grade uh so i was around those kids so I, you know i was working with them and so I was able to to get them integrated into the program. Um, and we, it was a big class. So we had almost 50 freshman football players. And so we were able to get them into the program and working through, um, you know, during the fall. I've, I've been teaching at the high school. We do two days a week. We do a study table. Um, I pop in on classes all the time and try to help out with uh in order I can, you know, I have a, a free period. So I'll, I, I find out what class has a bunch of football kids in there and I'll go jump in there and, and uh, listen in and make sure they're not screwing around and they're participating. Um, you know, I, I emailed the teachers, like if there's, if you guys have somebody, a football player or somebody, you know, that's an athlete, cause I also coach track at the high school. So if there's somebody that's mess, you know, acting up, let me know. Um, and I know a lot of the teach a lot of the teachers that are coaches did the same thing. Um, and so it's just following up with the kids, you know, whether that's, 
you know, emailing them, getting them on a Zoom call uh, with the football players or getting on a, a team's call with, with a group of kids and making sure that, that they know, one, they're loved. I mean, I think that's probably the biggest thing is, is we're focusing on, like, we care about you guys, you know, and, and we portray that through all the social media outlets that we are available, um, but then also just, just talking to them, you know, and I think sometimes the kids just needed somebody to talk to. And, you know, I noticed, like, during the summer, you know, when everybody, I mean, I, I took advantage. I mean, I spent a lot of time with family and I fished the heck out of the lakes and rivers here in Washington. Didn't catch anything, but I tried. Um, but we, uh, like, I noticed the kids were organizing stuff. And so, you know, obviously, if I'm if I'm taking my, my son to one of them, you know, I'm going to accidentally run in and talk to my guys, you know. And so, you know, I took advantage when I could and, and socially distanced, but made sure that they knew I cared. And, you know, our kids work at the store, grocery stores in our neighborhoods and, you know, they're at the McDonald's right across the street. I think there's three or four football players that work there. And so I make, I mean, as much as I hate McDonald's, I, you know, I try to make it a habit of going and, and making sure I can talk to them and, you know, shopping at the grocery stores where I know a bunch of the kids are working and just, just trying to, to harass them any way that I can in a positive way. Um, yeah. So they know that, that we're here and that there's going to be, a time when we'll all be back together and you're going to hate hearing my voice yelling at you. Um, but I think that they're, I think they're ready for it. <laughs> that, that was fantastic. Um, just getting, just to again, hear your perspectives on it and how you deal with those. It just, I mean, there's only so much you can do, but it's, it's encouraging to hear coaches that are going to do whatever they can to make sure they're involving all their kids. And I hope you would hope that that's everywhere. But um, one of the things I was going to ask here too, is that some families just had the means to adjust on their own. That, you know, some moved out of the state for opportunities that weren't here. Uh, the biggest, one of the biggest cases is uh, the Wenatchee quarterback, Camden Sermon, who actually just today got an uh, uh, offer from UW after winning a state title in Montana because they just went and moved to Montana and had the means to do so. Um, but obviously not every family has the means to do something like that. And there are plenty of others who, who did similarly, moved to Utah or moved to Montana wherever or play on these travel teams. Um, but for you guys, did you notice a difference in your school or program and families who had access and the means to find other opportunities and maybe those who didn't and what were the biggest differences to you between those who have been able to stay active over the past year and those who haven't I, I think I'd frame this to Wendy because um, just in your role and overseeing you know the multiple schools in the Franklin Pierce School District and your role in the WIA how how have you seen the differences between those who've had means to go uh, get opportunities and those who simply haven't thank you I um, we've seen a lot of we see the social media and the news media and the and the kids that are posting videos about doing seven on seven and all those things and and it just increased the frustration for the kids and the coaches in my district we didn't we didn't have access like that we didn't have any kids participating in those programs because they did not have rides or they didn't have anybody to take them there and coaches those club coaches weren't necessarily reaching out to our students. And so I think that it was very, very fr a very, very frustrating time for our kids because all they wanted to do was play. All they wanted to do was get together and do something. And, and I had to be the bad guy and keep saying, no, you can't meet with them. You can Zoom them. You can do those things. And we are really concerned about their social emotional health. But um you know, giving them workouts and hoping that they'll do them. The majority of our kids haven't done anything. We can really see that. We started some um, winter conditioning workouts uh, the 
end of October and we could really see our kids were really out of shape. They were um, struggling to get through it and especially trying to keep that mask on while they were working out was, was really frustrating for us. Um, so just trying to keep them engaged was the biggest thing. But it, it was, it's very difficult it's, and it's very frustrating for our kids. We have um, a good percentage of homeless kids as well. And it was really difficult. It was frustrating and it was, and it still is. I mean, we're getting kids back in gear now and they're not ready to go. So we, we have some big concerns about that as well. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> no, absolutely. It, it just makes a point of these kids who maybe need it the most Aren't, weren't necessarily getting those opportunities. So the kids who seem to have the means were able to do fine, but maybe the kids who maybe needed it more so than others. Is that kind of what you're saying too? And maybe what Justin, Jason, or John, you can attest to as well is just the kids who maybe needed these opportunities the most and how they were impacted by all this? Well, most definitely for us, it, our kids, our kids really need it and they weren't getting it. And so the frustration, I think, came, became anger and and so we have some kids that we're going to have to deal with when they come back. Not not a lot, but they're just frustrated. They're losing a lot of things and they have no means to get that back right now. And I'll just add to what, what Wendy said. It's, you know, the, the situation we're in this pandemic has been, it's been bad for all kids, right? Regardless of talent, regardless of access, uh, regardless of home situation and financial situation, it's been bad for all kids. Some kids have had access because either they, they have a talent level that gives them opportunities that other kids don't have. They have a financial uh, situation at home that provides them access to club teams that have been able to go out of state and play. And, and uh, they're fortunate to have those opportunities. And, and I'm glad they do have those opportunities. But, but high school athletics is, is not about um, fundamentally about creating scholarship opportunities for our elite performing kids, right? Mm -hmm. To me, what I feel high school athletic is about is letting that C team player put on a uniform that says Chiawana High School, mm -hmm. right? They're not talented enough. They don't have the background that's going to allow them to have a college scholarship. But to wear that uniform for that kid that comes from a challenged background means everything to that kid. And they'll remember it the rest of their lives. I worry about what this has done to those kids, right? Because those are the kids that really have been disconnected because they don't have that adult necessarily at home that, that can give them these opportunities. They want to wear the uniform they want to experience regardless of whatever level they're on a connection to their school okay a camaraderie with their teammates uh, a connection with with uh, coach townsend and with coach calendar they, they need that they need that adult in their life that's going to create memories that are going to drive them the rest of their life right those are the kids that i worry about it's not the kids that are are, are you know college bound it's not the kid now, they're all hurting, don't get me wrong. And, and I don't want that to sound any different because all of our kids are hurting. I worry about the kid that doesn't have access and what the loss of a high school extracurricular opportunity is going to mean to that kid in the long run. And, and I just worry about that kid more than anybody at this point. And, and then honestly, in our, in our school district, and I think in all of our school district, 
it's probably the majority of our kids, right? I think you, you hit on something very, very true there, John, about the fringe kids. You know, mm-hmm. with the football team, I, you know, I have up to 100, I, th- I expect 112 kids this year. And I know there's some kids out there now that are gangbanging. And who, who knows if they would have been doing that if we didn't have the pandemic, right? And this whole COVID thing. But they're out there and, and I, I, I couldn't reach them, you know, or they slipped back in because... You know, we had built that relationship with the coaches and, and all the other teachers and the admin at, at KM, and then they slip back into it because it's it's what's there. And so the, the fringe kids are, you know, is what hurts. And it's it's kind of the haves versus the have-nots, right? You know, I mean, you're talking about, I mean, the kids that are, that have the means or that, that have the drive, they're the ones, I have no, I don't worry about those, you know? No. I mean, I, I, have, I have one that lives in my house, right? I'm not worried about him following through and making sure things happen but that it's the other kids and those are the ones that you don't see on a daily basis or that don't show up to class every day because i mean for us you know hey i don't have power right now we couldn't afford power because my dad's not working this month or you know or or hey i had to take a job to pay my to help pay half a rent you know, I, I'm not gonna be able to make class because I gotta leave early. You know, I mean, how do you how do you teach that kid, right? I mean, I can name six in my last class today that hey, I gotta leave early. I, I gotta go to work. You know, and I, I jokingly at first was like, well, don't you know this is the best class of the day? Why would you leave early? And they're like, well, I gotta go to work. And I, I you know, and then privately they're like, well, I gotta pay for rent. And, and so that's I think a lot of kids are dealing with that is. You know, it, it like like Wendy said is they're not able to go to seven on seven and do this, you know, go to Rise or Air or FSP over here for the, the programs because number one, they can't afford it. And number two, they're having to work to make make pay rent. You know, or or I had a family that I think all the parents got COVID and the kids were working, you know, and, and I was like, Well, do you need me to cook for you? And thankfully they said no because they only like can cook at McDonald's, but um <laughs> I was like, oh, well, you know, but there's things that I'm like, I mean, that, I just think that I think the kids that that are the have nots are dealing with more than what a kid on the east side is dealing with. You know, I, I, I'm sure they're not worried about their Internet working. Right. I'm sure they're not working about worried about where my food's coming from, whereas there's the kids that we're dealing with are. I mean, that's a very real issue. Right. I think at the middle school I taught at the last few years. We were at 89% uh, free or reduced lunch. We are the largest three. We dropped down to 3A because um, we're at like 68% or 72. I can't remember free or reduced lunch. You know, so that means that those kids get two meals a day. And I wonder what percentage of those students aren't getting two meals a day right now. Mm-hmm. Even though there's means there's, you know, like there's a bus that goes to certain neighborhoods in Kent and drops off school lunches. There's kids that aren't going to that because they're pro- they're embarrassed. And and I and I I mean that's you know that's what I worry about. I mean that's my biggest fear is is that gap is widening because of what's going on here. And I you know I I hope we get back and and I you know the kids look good, but I I have a feeling that they're not. I mean the kids that I I haven't seen the the 30 kids that I see they're the ones that are getting three meals a day. They're the ones that I, they're not worried about having, you know, a roof over their head. Um, I've had multiple kids move. I'm sure Jason can attest to this too, is, is like, coach, I had to move. I'm not going to be able to play. Like for me, I've lost seven or eight kids that had to move somewhere where they can, their families could afford it or move in with other families. Mm-hmm. So I just, the, the whole, 
you know, have versus have nots. It's this has shown what it is. Yeah. For myself, so quick little story. I, I graduated from Altahoma. I am a product of that environment. You know, I was fortunate enough to do well in high school and and and, and play in college and and get a de- couple degrees and 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 you know further my education to be able to provide for not just my my family when I got older. Um, so I, I bleed, you know, Mount Tahoma. So the teachers that I was actually being taught by at Mount Tahoma, some of them are still there when we're in season pre pandemic, you know, like I'm, I'm invested in not just the school, but in the kids and the teachers. And, you know, I'm, I come to the school, I'm not a teacher, right? I'm not a teacher. So I, I leave my job early or I'll go in the middle of the day, just go to the school, check on my guys and say, hey, how are they doing in school? How are they doing in class? Check the grades. And daily, this was the thing. I go in and I just try to make sure all of these guys are in class and doing what they're supposed to, which has been, which was difficult before the pandemic. Cause we have a lot of kids who, you know, on IEPs that need those extra resources to actually perform in school with teachers, with those resources, right? Now the pandemic, they're not in school. They don't have those same resources, right? They, they're they not being told you need to be in this class. You, you have to, you know, you got five minutes to get to your next class. You have, you know, you got people who are watching out for you daily, physically holding you accountable for what you're supposed to be doing in school. And now a lot of my guys, they got younger, younger siblings that that mom and dad is at work or mom and dad are not there or, or they're being raised by grandma and grandpa, you know, who are 80 plus years old that can't even get out of bed to make you do the things that you're supposed to be doing. But yet these kids are raising their younger siblings. I worry about those kids creating that gap as far as how important is school right now? Um, I, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but this is some of the conversations that I have is coach. I want to do I want to do school. I want I want, but I have my little brothers who are at home with, you know, no guidance and it's just me. How can I do my work if I'm helping them with their first and second grade Zoom classes and this and that and they got to get fed, they got to get dressed. So their level of importance of their own, you know, uh, situation is diminished because they got these other things that are in their minds more important at this time and their own school their own schoolwork their own commitment is dwindling because of those things and it's sad because a lot of these kids are actually fantastic right they're super super engaged in the program they're super engaged in the school but you take that away and now they have different circumstances that are more important to them or mom and dad is saying no i need you to help younger brother and younger sister right and so um, I really, I really am concerned with that because that's kind of the things that we deal with um, um, on, on my level here at Mount Tahoma. Um, trying to keep those those kids engaged has been has been tough um, because they are those kids that are the C team players, are the JV guys. Or I'm not sure if I'm going to play this year or not. But Coach Townsend came to the gym, came to the school, came to the open gym, talked to me. You know, I'm gonna go ahead and play. Right? It's like that tip, that tip to I'm gonna come out and play, or I'm not gonna come out and play. You know, I use that during the school to, you know, kids that are walking through these halls. You, you may not be an athlete, you know, but just come out and play. Come out and just see how you like it, you know. And, I, and I've lost that as well. And, and a lot of these kids need that in order to, you know, make that decision. I'm going to play a sport or I'm going to go to school today. I'm not going to wake up late and go to my third period class and miss my first two. 
you know, or I'm not going to go to the gas station and hang out all day because uh, I know if I don't go to class, Coach Townsend's going to be on me or I'm not going to be able to play. I'm not going to be able to practice. So it's just a combination of everything you all are saying. Um, it's just it's been really, really tough specifically um, to the to the kids that I'm, I see daily. In addition to that, tough, tough on me, too, you know, because I, I take pride in what you know, as you guys are athletic directors, you take pride in what you do and you want to make a difference. Um, and and I feel like I'm 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 losing that not for myself, but I want to make a difference for those kids. If, if that makes sense. One thing, Jason, you hit there that, that I, I agree with is is you. I definitely feel like like I feel like I'm, I'm a loser, not in the sense <laughs> of being a loser, but like but I mean, it's like I feel like. I'm not making that impact, you know, and, and then that's one of the reasons why, you know, I love coaching and, and I've only been a teacher now for three years. I mean, I'm new to this. I, I, I was in the real world, you know, and um, I just felt it was a calling because I wanted to make an impact in lives. And I think that, you know, I, I feel like every day I got to be like, okay, did I impact? Did I get 1% better today? You know, and, and I mean, I literally ask myself that every day, what did I do to impact a kid? I, I feel like I, we're do I'm doing it and I, but it's it's a virtual pat on the back rather than like seeing a kid smile like hey thanks I appreciate that so that's that's like you said that's probably been the toughest part of the whole thing <laughs> you know coach just to add to what both of you just said there you know, you know this the last year it seems like we are getting numbers thrown at us constantly whether it's the number of COVID cases, um, the the number of positivity rates, the the it's been numbers, right? Every every network is posting numbers about how COVID has has impacted us. I, I think it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be fascinating to see what we haven't been able to measure. And what I mean by that is. Coach, each of you guys talked about kids that you've seen impacted by this and who it's really hit home. I'm interested to see what long-term impacts a year away from public school as we know it, extracurricular activities, adult and teammate contact for these kids that you're talking about. What long-term impacts is that going to have not only on those kids and those families, but on society as a whole. When you take out during a kid's most, um, the period of their life where they seem to grow as much as any period of time, those really impressionable kids that we work with, you take that away and you take the, the positive experiences away. I don't think any of us know long-term what type of damage is gonna be done. And I'm really, really nervous to see, but that's the number we haven't seen. That's the immeasurable we have right now. But I do think that it's, we're gonna see some real impacts on our youth, uh, mental health, those kinds of things moving forward. Lack of growth, a lack of uh, preparedness for, for college, lack of preparedness for uh, a career, just those kind of things. And, and we're just missing so much that these athletic opportunities provide to our kids that at some point I think we'll look back and go, wow, what, why did we do it that way? Not, not to downplay certainly the, the tragedy of this pandemic. And I'm not trying to do that because obviously there's been some some families and people really impacted. I just worry about those impressionable youth we work with. I think we're going to see a big um, drop in participation numbers, especially on those fringe kids that you're talking about because they aren't engaged with their coaches. They aren't walking the halls with with our teachers and other kids to get them to join. So 
the fact that we're still in online school and we're starting sports on the 10th and the 15th, who's going to get them to come out? I think we're going to have a big drop in participation as well, just immediately and in the future because they aren't engaged. I can tell you, Wendy, that specifically at our school, because we're in a position to see the numbers right now, because we start practice on Monday. We, we had uh, over 55 freshmen playing freshman football last year, something like that. I can tell you, as of today, we have 21. Yeah. And we've been practicing in pods over the, since November. Like, we've been connecting with our kids two or three times a week. What we're not getting is the kid, like you said, they don't, they don't have a Coach Townsend or a Coach Calendar saying, hey, you're a big kid. Why aren't you out for football? Hey, hey, you can come play basketball. Why don't you come try out? That that personal connection, we're losing those kids because there's no school connection. There's no, they don't feel the school spirit. They're not getting recruited in the hallways. Uh, that discussion is gone and, I, and we're going to lose. I think you're right, Wendy. Yeah. We have also started to do the pods. We're only allowed to, to, to be outside, right? Um, and the football field and everybody's six feet apart, four to six people in a pod and everyone's spread out. And, and you know, us coaches, we volunteer to go to these designated times um, to to uh, hold these workouts, conditioning sessions. Right. Because they're not sports specific for us. Um, and what I've what I've seen is um, a lot of a lot of the kids that um, have signed up for this through through Mount Tahoma and I, and I don't know about any other school I just know from what I'm seeing at Mount Tahoma um, we have the normal the normal you know jocks or whatever you want to call them that have signed up and participating but we have actually had I don't know the exact numbers but there's a few more kids that would not have participated that are actually coming to just these workouts because you know they're tired of being at home so when they had an opportunity to come out and and uh, do these workouts and they get a chance to see me and meet me if they haven't been there before, you know, I don't do, I don't take, Oh, these are my basketball kids. I'm just going to work with that pod. I take the girls basketball. I've taken the boys soccer cause they got some athletes, right? <laughs> the boys soccer. I got the cross country guys, you know, I'll take those pods and we'll, and I put them through flight school and, and the things that we do as a basketball team. And I try to do my little recruiting pitch at that time, you know, to get them to come out, not in, not just for basketball, but for any sport, you know, because, um, you know, we, we try to drive kids to play more than just one. Right. Um, but that 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 task that we're doing and, and, and uh, giving them something to do other than just being home and on the computer doing their Zoom, we've actually had a, a better turnout than I thought that we would have, right? More kids that are just out there to, to exercise, to, to, you know, socialize, to, you know, just see other people and have, you know, high school conversation as opposed to, you know, a five and six-year-old conversation that you're having daily, you know, and, and, and just interacting uh, that way. So um, those are some, some of the things that we're doing um, here. And I know um, a lot of the coaches that volunteer their time is, you know, it shows how dedicated they are to, you know, to their craft, to, to their, their, their passion, to, you know, coaching, because it's raining out there. It's cold. You know, the rain is coming down so hard. It bounces back up and it's hitting you from below. And, you know, my clothes is drenched and soaked, but the kids love it. They keep coming back. So there are some positive things that have out of it, not a whole lot, but you know, we just got to keep trying. Well, Jason, that's what I was going to say is like for you, I mean, like a lot of basketball coaches, you're used to living in a gym where you're not getting pelted with rain. Be nice. 
<laughs> but now here you're on a football field, you know, working with all kinds of different athletes and you're not, you're only able to do conditioning only stuff, not even sports specific stuff. Like they're not out there dribbling as I assume or anything like that. What, what's the benefit to you and what's the benefit of your program to still like go do these things, even though it's not playing basketball in a gym, like you're so used to over your career there at Mount Tahoma and before, um, what, what's the benefit to you and what's the benefit of the kids to just have that opportunity? Well, I tell, I tell my guys this. I say, look, I know we're not sure when the season's going to start, but the season will start. What shape do you want to be in when I get my hands on you after a year? You know, like how how how, how in shape do you want to be? Because, you know, when we do hit the ground running, we're going to be hitting the ground running. And so I don't have time to, you know, wait for you to get in shape. You know, games are coming right around the corner, you know, and, and it's only for a short period of time. So we got to be ready. How ready do you want to be? You need to come to these workouts and it's going to be beneficial for you and it's going to be beneficial for me. So we're not spending all day trying to get you in shape. We got we can do some basketball things. We can run some plays. We can get our defense going. We, you know, we can talk about strategy and things like that. But, you know, that's that's kind of my angle right now. And I'm still, you know, trying to put stuff together to try to relate to these kids and make sure that they're coming out and not doing it, you know, just with with no light at the end of the tunnel to trying to give them something to be energized about because because I bring I bring my own energy it just be me in the gym and I got energy you know and 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 I like to give that out to you know whoever's around you know and and just keep you know just keep that fire not only in myself burning but hopefully I can you know my passion rubs off on the kids and you're like you know what yeah coach Townsend's right whether I'm playing baseball basketball football or tennis you know let's come out here and keep our bodies in shape so when we do get that opportunity we're ready i think a, a big thing here is like to really understand the ramifications of all this and the consequences it's really important to understand the benefits of interscholastic sports in a typical year and the value it brings to kids um so what can you what could you say about that and what's what's what was most lost in those terms in high school sports and the typical benefits to student athletes both across cultures and socioeconomic backgrounds over this past year that we just weren't able to get and where the typical benefits you would see of um, how high school sports can make a difference in some of those kids' lives who weren't able to get some of the opportunities they, that they would have normally. We, we all know that kids are more engaged when they're in sports. Their grades are higher. I mean, it's, it's a proven fact. Kids are, it's, they're better off as students and as people when they're involved in sports. You know, and, and I think that that is the biggest thing that's missing is their why and i think john had mentioned earlier about like some kids are like well that's the only reason why i go to school so i can play sports and you know mm -hmm. i mean as as much as we hate to know that is true it's true you know i, I kind of look back to me i mean why did i go to high school why did i care because i wanted to play sports you know i was a three sport athlete and you know i i, I did it all and i wanted to make sure that i had good grades right in order to play otherwise my parents wouldn't let me you know, and I think a lot of kids just being able to play and, you know, get the 2.0, which just drives me nuts, but, you know, just bare minimum to get by. It, to them, it's important. And, you know, when you run into these kids, I mean, I've been coaching now for 16 years. I mean, there's there's kids that I coach that are dads of, of kids that are going to be in high school. And, you know, those guys, uh, you know, thank you for, for pushing me, right? But I, mean, I think the biggest thing is they're missing out is just uh, – uh, get back to the question, I'm sorry, is that um, – <laughs> They're better off in school or in sports, so their school's better. Um, you know, we're able to impact them. I mean, we do a big stuff with our football team about becoming a man series. You know, teaching them how to, you know, do, you know, change a tire to how to treat women to just everything you do as as a as a man. 
Um, it's going to change this year because I have five young ladies on the team. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's about how to be a person. And, and you know, I mean, we want to teach these kids that, you know, we've got these core values, we've got these things, but this is beyond just playing, suiting up on Friday night and, and running out there, you know, and, and it's, it's beyond that. And, you know, I want to be able to look at you in the eye and in 10 years or get invited to your, you know, shake your hand and say, I did, did right by you, you know, and, and I was a good influence. You know, I want to attend your wedding. You know, I mean, I want to, I, I mean, I hope you name your kid after me, but we know that's not going to happen. But I just, you know, like for the kids, I want to make sure that, that, that they know that they're loved. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest thing is they're missing out is they don't know, you know, they don't necessarily see you, you know, and then the kids, the, the French kids aren't reaching out, you know, and I think, you know, not being able to be there in person and be able to, to reach out and touch somebody is hurting. And I think that's probably the biggest thing. A story that happened today, my head football coach pokes his head in my office. Well, yesterday he'd come to me and said, hey, I got a handful of kids. that So we're, we're practicing on Monday. We're starting fall practices Monday. We have quite a few of our players, more than we have ever had, that just are struggling academically. They're not cutting it at all. And some of those are, I mean, some of those are some of our better players. They're just disconnected. And coach came to me and said, hey, can I bring in some of these kids and, and tutor them and help them one-on-one? -on -one? Is it, you know, he was asking for permission. And um, yeah, let, let's do what we got to do to help those kids. we got to get them connected. He, he comes and pokes his head in my office today and he says, hey, I just want you to know I have had Jerry sitting down in the locker room by himself the last four hours doing homework. Jerry's a kid that's not going to get it done if he doesn't have a coach helping him, supporting him, pushing him, encouraging him, and hanging Friday night over his head. That's that kid, right? And so we're missing all of those opportunities. Now, Coach Towns is talking about ways he's continuing to, to do that. Like we're doing our best. It's yeah. not the same as getting those kids one-on-one, -on -one, putting your arm around them, talking to them, showing you love them, giving them that care, one-on-one -on -one focus, that's all out the window right now to, to the degree it needs to be here. And most of us ended up in these positions because we were influenced at a young age by some adults that made a difference in our lives that, that pushed us into a field that would serve other people down the road. And that's why we're here. We don't have that same kind of, kind of influence right now. And, and we're hoping to get that back right now. I thought this could be a good thing to end on, like like you, John, talked about and Wendy too, about we don't necessarily know the full ramifications of this, um, however many years down the road or what, when we are able to even play sports again. Um, but what can you each recommend to different coaches, ADs around the state about how to create more equitable experiences in your program, especially with the diverse amount of kids that you all deal with already, even before the pandemic? What are some things you each would recommend to even when we come back how can we how can we emphasize that even more of creating these opportunities that are not just for the one percent is going to get that college scholarship, but for those kids who are on the C team and JV who need it just as much in order to stay connected and and have that carrot to to try to excel in school as well. What are some things that you each would recommend? For me, one of the things I would recommend is is remember your why. Why are you coaching? You know, why are you out here? And 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 you know, I have a, I have a staff of fifteen people on my football staff and. You know, I, I mean, I ask them, why do you coach? Why do you want to coach football? What's your why? And I think keeping that in the forefront is why you're out there. You know, like I'm jealous, Coach Townsend. I wish I could be inside and, you know, inside the gym and not get wet and not dealing with, oh, is that, oh, it's snowing. Great. Um, 
you know, so, but, but dealing with that, you know, like when it's, when it is snowing and cold and wet and nasty out there and it's like, why am I doing this again? You know? And, and it's, it's, it's my why is because I want to impact these kids and I want to make their lives better than, you know, than when I met them as freshmen and when I can see them as seniors and, you know, hug them on graduation and, and know that, that, you know, maybe someday, you know, they're going to be a good dad and, and a good father and a good son and all that, and you know, good husband and, you know, and then on track, you know, with the young lady, you know, hopefully they're good people. And so, you know, to me, what's your why? And remembering what your why is, is probably the biggest thing I can do. I, I would just say, to add to what Coach said, is uh, I'm fortunate to be in a, in a district that has generally done a really good job of, of providing access um, to all kids. Um, and they've done that through uh, no-cut middle school programs, for example, um, uh, busing and providing, uh, you know, transportation for, for kids that can't provide their own, uh, encouraging when we have extra tryouts to create extra teams with extra coaches, those kinds of things. Like we try to avoid situations where we have to tell kids no and families no, right? Um, that's getting tougher because with all of this and, and even prior to this, budgets are getting tighter, funding is getting tougher in public education. And so with, with, uh, with funding being reduced, it also creates additional obstacles for providing those additional opportunities because they all cost money. I, I think there just has to be a, a focus on getting as many kids involved, looking for opportunities to include rather than ex exclude, um, and uh, you know, trying our best to create programs that kids want to be a part of. I would echo what John says is, you know, we have to create opportunities for kids. If it means we run an ultimate Frisbee club or we do um, flag football for the girls or we find things that, that get these kids back engaged. I mean, you two coaches, uh, Jason and Justin, you, you guys are amazing guys. And, and I have some similar coaches in my, well, John, you're amazing too. <laughs> but <laughs> I have some amazing coaches in my programs as well that as well that just try and open their their hearts and their their entire being to to these kids just to get them through those four years of school and keep them engaged and do these things to make sure that they have good grades and all that. So uh, it's it's more work. I feel like sometimes when you're in a lower set socioeconomic place because you have to do all these extra things and so um, just continue to provide those opportunities for those kids and keep them engaged is going to be my biggest recommendation for for me personally I just um, I think the main thing is you know knowing knowing my population knowing what I'm dealing with and even taking it a little further is the way I go about it it doesn't it doesn't cater to one side or the other Right. And what I, what do I mean by that? I mean, I want to teach life skills. Um, I don't just teach basketball skills. Right. Everything that we everything that we do, whether you're on time to practice, um, you know, you're playing hard, you're giving maximum effort. It doesn't matter what you're doing when we're coaching. My my coaching staff and I, we teach life skills within the hard work that it takes to become that basketball player or football player that you want to be. And coach, you talked about, you know, uh, how do you treat women? How do you treat you know, that's that's what we do. You know, that's what we teach. We 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 teach these life skills to 
to help these kids, whether you're going to be super successful at the D1 level or if you're going to play junior college or if high school is your last dance, right? Um, we try to teach you like just, just being good people, being able to be responsible and accountable for your actions, for the things you do and the things that you don't do. Right. Uh, and I think that can that can resonate with not just, you know, the kids that have the means to play AAU and and the kids that don't have those means. Those those life skills pertain to anything that you do wherever you go. And and that's my goal. Every time I step on the floor or when I'm talking to a kid is I relate life lessons to the things that you're doing. You can't show up late to class because you're going to show up late to your job. You're going to get fired. You got mm -hmm. a wife at home. You ain't going to have a job. So if you start showing up late here, you 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 you're creating bad tendencies that in the future, you know, you can't just show up to your job anytime you want to. You can't tell your boss, "Oh, I'm gonna be 15 minutes late. I overslept." It don't work that way in the real world. So 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 relating those things to the sport and whatever it is that you're coaching, that that is what I think is 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 gonna help, you know. Specifically through this pandemic, how do you how you how are you going to respond to adversity? Is what I say every day in practice. You're tired. You you feel like you can't go no more. But the team you're playing is is, is not going to stop. How are you going to respond to that adversity? This pandemic is no different. How are you going to respond to it? You're going to step up to the challenge. You're going to take care of your brothers and sisters and do your schoolwork, right? Or are you just going to fold and just say, I'm not going to do this. I'm just this is more important. How are you going to respond? And I think, and I think, just teaching, like I said, those life lessons and those um, um, life skills are what cater to both, you know, rich kids, poor kids, kids who have the means to do everything, kids who have the means to do nothing, right? Um, because it gives them an opportunity to change their circumstance, specifically for the kids that don't have things that kids do have. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of what what, what my perspective is. Oh, that's so great, Jason. I just so appreciate your perspective on that. And you know, these issues aren't going to be solved overnight, and no one's got the magic marker to solve all the issues of equity within high school sports. Um, but what we can do is try to raise awareness for these these kids that are not the 1% that have the means to go keep themselves active. Um, and certainly there's going to be issues we all deal with going forward as well. And so I really appreciate you guys each taking the time uh, to come and talk about this today. John, Wendy, Jason, Justin, Thank you so much uh, for all your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for putting this together, TJ. Yeah. Take care, everybody. You guys are inspiring. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. you. It's all ours.